Welcome everybody to the Modern Day Overthinker Podcast. My name is Colin and I am your host. This week's episode is with Dana Moss Peterson. He is a fellow comedian here in the Quad Cities, also a actor, writer, human being, and we got a chance to discuss grieving, resentments, Obviously, we talked about stand-up comedy and some of our favorite comedians, some of my favorite comedians, because he asked. Losing his parents, he's lost a lot of people throughout the years, and we discussed how he's dealt with that. He believes he has PTSD from a relationship that he was in, uh, where his partner was unfaithful, so we went over that in detail, and... We also talked about personality types and his personality type and how he is in tune with that personality type. So a lot to get out of this episode, so I appreciate you tuning in. If you like it, share it with a friend. Remember, every Monday, a new episode. Enjoy this episode with Dana Moss-Peterson. started welcome everybody to the modern day overthinker podcast thank you for tuning in this uh this week i have dana jordan moss hyphen peterson the whole name he got it right congratulations oh it's just at the show on friday you said it like 20 times right i will everybody there (laughs) will not forget your name had to adjust some sound levels but me and dana were talking about social media so so let's hear some of that I was not standing. Uh, I was not close enough. So that was what was going on. Okay. You were not close enough, and I was too close. You were close. too close. It was the opposite. <laughs> so I got myself turned down a little bit. Yeah, I'm I'm old. I don't know. Instagram, live, Twitter, Snapchat. I don't yeah. do any of that. I'm on Facebook a little bit. Yeah. I post pictures. <laughs> uh, uh, Twitter used to be a lot better. Um, and I'm not, I'm talking way before Elon took over. Right, right. Like, uh, it was... I just never understood it. Yeah, a lot of people didn't, and a lot of people still don't. Uh, <laughs> it's something you don't really understand until you, until you start using it. Because I was the same way, and a lot of my friends are the same way. I joined Twitter in 2009, 10, something like that. And it was like... Shortly after, it was like starting to make its way our way because obviously it started on the West Coast and Silicon Valley. And uh, my friends were like, "This is stupid. It's just Facebook status." It's like, "What are you like? What's the right?" Point? I'm all about short form, but that's like really, really short form. Really, really short form. Yeah, it's all about one liners. Like the best, you know, who the best person on Twitter would be, and I brought him up as my. He's one of my favorite comedians. Mitch Hedberg would kill on Twitter, right? It's just one-liners. And I follow a bot that does, like, just <laughs> regurgitates his his jokes. And it's just great. 
So who who are some of your favorite like comedians? Yeah, like Mitch Hedberg. That's one of them. If you had a Mount Rushmore of comedy, yeah, yeah. Uh, Chappelle would be on there just because he had so much influence on like you know like I was in well technically middle school, but I was I went to a K through A school, but I w- it would have been middle school when the Chappelle show was out, so that was. Huge, yeah. Um, so Chappelle would be on there. Hedberg. I'm trying to think who else. Like, I really like um, Brian Regan's really good. I talked about him the other day with a friend. He's really underrated. Really, a lot underrated. of people bring his name up but he is so fucking funny <laughs> yeah he's hilarious <laughs> yeah he always creeps up and and uh i like if i do like a random like i'll do like spotify like somebody like or i'll do like a oh, john Mulaney's a good one um i'll do like john Mulaney radio or mitch hedberg radio he'll pop up on there but brian reagan's been around for ever like the early 80s right yeah i heard him when i was first starting listening to comedians his cup of dirt bit is hilarious i can't remember that bit um i just remember the reading a bit where he talks about he brought his report card home and he's like dad i got a b in my and reading that's a d you idiot (laughs) (laughs) like stupid stuff like that but uh, Jerry Seinfeld uh, put him on Netflix. He he's got like a five or six episode thing to because none of his specials are out and people didn't know about him. Mm. And Jerry's like he's one of the funniest people out there. Yeah. And so Brian Regan's doing some of his old bit. But the the cup of dirt was like a science project and he's like really lazy. Oh. And they're like, oh, what's this? And he's like, a cup of dirt. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I can't remember that. I, he's, he's a good one, yeah, for sure. He's somebody that I, I forgot about until recently. And Like I said, I had a conversation with my friend after we went, were at the show in Buffalo and he was like, dude, Brian Regan. I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, dude, the amount of times I've listened to him. and yeah. He's got a fairly recent special, like Red Rocks. Okay, he did outdoors. A Red Rocks one. Yeah, but nice. I think he's got a couple of things on Netflix now, that which is good. Yeah. Um, and then one of my favorite bits, there's this show, uh, This Isn't Happening. Ari Shafir used to... Re- host it now somebody else does but uh boo sailboat (laughs) go on youtube and find boo sailboat from uh this isn't happening it's hilarious have you watched uh i think you should leave i think you should that sounds familiar who's it's it's a netflix thing it's uh his name's like tim something Tim Minchin? Um, I'll look it up. Is he British? No. Oh, okay. Tim Robinson. No, I don't know Tim Robinson. He's, uh, I think he's originally from, I want to say like the, he's a Midwest guy from like Detroit. Let's see. What does it say? Yeah, he's from Detroit. 
Oh, I'll show you a picture of him. That's this guy. Yeah, I'm terrible. He's with really this. awkward, dude. Oh no, I've seen him acting. I he he's was, a stand-up though. No, no, it's oh. sketch. Oh, sketch. Okay. Yeah, it's sketch. Sorry, I mixed that up. I like sketch a lot. Yeah, I love sketch. That's why I like Chappelle's up there. Um, yep. But his stand-ups are great too. Um, growing up, the I wish Eddie Murphy would get back into stand-up. That he's be, toying with it. He's toying with it. Um, there's like an almost raw with Eddie Murphy was the, like the first special right. I watched. There's an almost hour episode of comedians and cars with coffee, Jerry and Eddie. Yeah. And he's like he talking about it. doing it, but like he doesn't know because he was so good in the eighties and does he, he can... have anything? Is it worth it? What does he have left to prove? Yeah. You know, but like if he did that, it'd be one of the coolest things Comebacks, ever. People yeah. would love it. Yeah. Cause he's just been chilling, making movies and making, making fairly s- bad movies for fairly a bad while. movies and making a ton of money. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Nutty Professor was good. Then it was just like slowly went down. Yeah, no, he made like Beverly Hills Cop and 48 Hours, like late 80s, early 90s. He was, and then he started doing like Bowfinger and Norbit. Might be one of the worst movies I've ever seen. It's so bad. I don't know what happened, but, but then he did Shrek and he, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then yeah, then you try. Yeah. Yep. And now he's like, I don't have to do anything ever. He doesn't. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's, that's a, probably another thing that he's thinking about. Like, I don't need to do yeah. this. No. Um, but it is one of those things like stand ups just. I mean, if you're doing it just because you like to do it, it's it's a lot of fun. Right. And it may bring back like a like a this nostalgia for him or something like, you know, by touring again. Right. But it's been a long time since Eddie Murphy put anything out. Steve Martin quit stand up like in the late seventies. Yeah. Like people forget he was a stand up, but um, nobody's like, bring back Steve. (laughs) That would be funny. But Eddie Murphy's better. (laughs) Yeah. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. Eddie Murphy. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. Like, there's just so many names rolling around. At a new guy that I really like that I wasn't sure if I was gonna like him uh, stand up wise because he has a podcast. Is Theo Vaughn? Okay, he's just such a goof. Man. Yeah, I like his podcast. His stand up is kind of hit and miss yeah. with me. I but saw him he's... live though. Dude, right, his energy was incredible. If you see people live, I'm sure that would change it for me. Yeah. But like, I he is just a like he's not from this planet, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> and he's got such oh, no. an interesting yeah. take, and he's some not. of his phrases and the way he speaks is really interesting. Yeah, he starts sentences and he doesn't know how he's going to finish them. That's like the best way to describe him. That's yeah. I'm he's from Louisiana. For. Yeah, he's from yeah. Louisiana. Yeah, he's got that. Yeah. yeah, and you don't know if he's like messing with you or not. Right, it's just him. Right, which is also funny too. Nate Bargatze's also another newer one. Okay, I really like yeah, that. and he's just like, and you can tell he's like 
always grinding and working on jokes. And he's so conversational and casual and has such a smooth, even delivery, yeah. but he's hilarious yeah. with that. Like, I, I'm loud and... Yeah, <laughs> I envy people who could just be like make people laugh by talking like this. I'm like, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, he does a great job. He's very relatable, and yeah, he just talks about like basically like how dumb he is. All right, the time. and He's messing like, Regan, like <laughs> messing with his friends and like, yeah. no, my friend's an idiot. I'm an idiot. It's <laughs> hilarious. Like my wife's mad at me. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> classic stuff like yeah i remember my brother me and my brother talk comedy a lot and he's he's the one who introduced me to nate he's like you gotta watch tennessee kid i'm like okay i did i was like all right this guy's solid right i saw him when he was at the adler the only problem about that is the adler they need to work i don't know if it was somebody running the sound i hadn't been there in a while but i was like i got the cheap seats and i was way Mm -hmm. up and um I could not hear very well. I could hear Nate fine, but some of his openers, like right. the first guy was pretty loud. Um, like, so he was loud enough for me to hear him. But the second guy, like he, they, I don't know. It was, right. It was like putting Nathan Kuhn up there. Like <laughs> you got to turn him up a little bit. Sometimes yeah. 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 To be able to hear him. Uh, but yeah, I don't know what the deal was. I felt like an old man who couldn't hear. And, uh, <laughs> So that was a struggle. I don't know if that was just the Adler itself. Yeah, I haven't been to the Adler in a while, but yeah. I can see that a little bit. And, like, who were his openers? Were they his openers? His openers. Was, okay. Which is fine. I love it when, like, you know, like, oh, um, damn, why can't I remember his name at the top of my head? I always want to call him Norm, but it's obviously not Norm McDonald. Uh, Norm McDonald's very much not alive. Uh <laughs> He would. Um, what's his name? Well, it was only about a year ago. How much is very much not alive? Very much not alive. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. He's he's recently somewhat alive. Why can I not remember his name? Donnie opened for him, and I was there. Oh, uh, uh, right with the suit. Doug Stanhope. No, no, no. And he does more. This guy oh, more. Suit. Okay. Um, I don't know how to look. Donnie opens for everybody, so well, this right, was, narrow it down. <laughs> this was very recently. Um, Kyle Kinane. It wasn't Kyle Kinane. I do like Kyle Kinane. Um, New York comedian. Oh, that narrows it down. I'm, I'm trying to narrow it down. It was Dave Chappelle. Donnie opened for Dave Chappelle because he's a New York comedian. <laughs> hey, yeah. Jerry Seinfeld. He's a New York comedian. Newer New York comedian. Louis C.K. He's <laughs> New York. Ray Romano. Louis he's C.K. New is York. making a comeback. You know who else is making I, a comeback? Or trying to? Bill Cosby. Yeah. Yeah. Bold strategy. It's really not. He's hilarious. Like He'll <laughs> sell really tickets. Not. He like, will sadly sell tickets. I will not buy one. No, I won't um, either. But Lucy K is like a gray area for me. I was so Louis C.K. hurt me because he is my favorite. I like Lucy. He is the most prolific. His, his stand up. Well, right. Let me right. phrase that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, he's the most prolific. He's the craziest. He's the smartest, the funniest. He'll make you feel things, emotions. Yeah. He'll just say some wild shit. And then all that stuff came out about him. And I'm like, it's hard to watch some of his stuff now. Like, cause it's kind of hidden in his subconscious yeah. and he talks about stuff. And at least he's like straight up, like talks about it now or, or right. he, he did talk about it like right away. And then his standups, like I, I, I saw a bit of him. He's like, so it's been a wild couple of years, huh? <laughs> it was like, he like, just like, yeah, no, like he right opens his first special after all the controversy. He was like, hey, how was your last two years, <laughs> yeah. audience? Yeah. Did you lose hundreds of millions of dollars? Because yeah. I did. Did everybody hate you? <laughs> yeah. Even Obama had to know about my stuff. And he's like, oh, Jesus. Worldwide <laughs> hatred is what he said. Yeah. But he admitted to it. He yeah. never denied it. He's no. like, it's all true. It. He faced up to it. It was a little gross what he did, but not illegal. He it didn't was, yeah. force. He didn't. It's not. Cosby was like a serial yeah. criminal. Yeah. And he just denied, denied, denied. Right. Like, and Louis stuff happened like 25 years ago and he didn't keep doing it. I think he realized 25 years ago, I should probably stop doing it. Yeah. I didn't this. know the timeline. Right. Right. But it was a while. He did it a couple times. Like he, I found, I remember the name of the comedian now, Mark Norman, Mark Norman. Okay. I know that dude. Yeah. Yeah. That's... He's a little weird. I like him, yeah. <laughs> he's but very he's very... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's a little bit a little... like... He kind of plays off, off being um, goofy. Right. Uh, not goofy, but like... Um, yeah, he knows he's weird. Right. Uh, so he will play off of that. He's really good with crowd work, though. Like, yeah. Yep. He's the one who like just lets people like yell out stuff. Yeah, who's the one Todd something? He's really good with I love his Todd Berry. Is that right? Yeah. He's got a whole crowd work thing. I love doing crowd work. I've been um I've been trying to work on that too. I I've just kinda Oh yeah, yeah. Todd. Yeah, Todd Berry, the bald guy. He's yep. just so goofy. But yeah. All right, enough comedy talk okay. for now. We'll, okay. we'll switch it up a little bit. All right. I wrote some stuff down um, with my garbage handwriting. Um, with your Jimmy John's pen. With my Jimmy John. <laughs> How I got the Jimmy John's pen was yeah. actually, was actually it came with a bunch of Jimmy John's merch because uh, I it was from Twitter. I sent out a tweet like a, a while ago um, because I really like the Jimmy John's chips because they're really good. Um, and I was like, why don't they sell these in stores? And uh, it was like a year after I tweeted that, they're like, hey, guess what? We're selling the chips in stores. And since you like tweeted that or, or whatever, we're going to you like you a, a mediocre pen. We're going <laughs> to that was like the worst part about it was the, they, they sent me some socks, uh, two bags of big bags of chips. And uh, there was a couple other random just like. Right. Things in there. I was just like, all right, sweet. <laughs> and I had a gift card. Like, nice. Yeah. So 
It was are they super, a sponsor of this? They're not, so I'm not they bringing them up be. anymore. They should be. Oh, Jimmy John himself. Have you seen that guy? No. Uh, maybe. I worked there. Maybe there was a picture. He's, I don't know. He's a character. Is That's, that his real name, Jimmy John? It's I don't think so. the dumbest name. His parents think. must hate him, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking speaking of your parents, and on a serious note, you lost your parents in... When, when did you lose your... Did you lose your mom first or your dad first? Yes, I lost my mom first, uh, December of 2017. Okay. Um, I had my first kid August of 2017. And then my mom was like, yeah, I don't want to see you mess this up. No, kidding. (laughs) Yeah, I don't want to witness this. No, but um, I did get to, she was out in Pennsylvania. I did get to take my daughter to meet her. uh, And my daughter actually has my mom's first name as her middle name. Nice. Um, So, yeah. uh, Lost my mom December of 2017. And then my- So was she sick? For a while before that? Uh, No. So I was in a show called Inherit the Wind. I played the teacher who was put on trial for teaching evolution in 1920s Tennessee. Nice. Uh, It was my second time doing the show. I had done it once in 98. I played the same part, same director in 2017. So I was, we were like four days from opening that show. And then um, my mom had gone to, something wasn't right. She had gotten some exploratory surgery. And then uh, my aunt called me and she's like, there's cancer everywhere. Oh, And I'm like, okay. And she's like, you should come out here. And I'm like, all right, once the show's over, it was only two weeks. And then she's like, yeah, that's fine. But then my other aunt called me like the next day and she's like, no, you you come out here now. So I had to talk to my director and I'm like, hey, I might have to leave for a couple days yeah. <laughs> in the middle of this. But um, so he... We had been friends for over 20 years. He knows my mom. He's like, we'll figure it out. So I did the first two shows and then had somebody fill in for me for three shows. I went out there for about a week and I came back and then closed the show. And then um, October of that year, I took my daughter out there. Um, so yeah, your daughter was born in September, in August, in August, right? Okay. End of August. Got it. August 29th. Okay. And then October we went out there so they could meet. Um, and I got this sweet video. Um, we were at my aunt's house and, uh, my aunt had to go do something. It was just me, my mom and my daughter and I, for whatever reason, the day before, I had put in a Beatles CD in the player, and then we were just hanging out, and I was playing the Beatles, whatever it was, and then um, my mom's holding my daughter, 
and singing Let It Be to her. Oh, awesome. And that is like one of my favorite songs now. Yeah. <laughs> I love this. I love the Beatles, but um, it, it so, I have that moment yeah. recorded and it, it, it was really bittersweet. That's awesome. And then uh, a couple years later, uh, you also lost your dad. April of 2020, yes. Okay. So, um, my dad was a little different. Um, so, I had Were they been, separated? Yeah, they've been divorced since I was three. Okay. So, um, yeah, long time not. Where my was dad, he living at? Around here? Or no? uh, Georgia. Georgia, okay. Yep. My dad remarried twice, uh, so... I have a brother who's 10 years younger than me, and then I'm 44. I have an 18-year-old brother and a 16-year-old brother also. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, like, my dad, we were talking, and I'm like, let's do a video chat with you and my daughter. And he was like, like, "Uh, I don't have a whole lot of energy right now. And then it was really weird. And then he went to the hospital and then he had cancer. And then like two weeks later, he was gone. And then I started going back through old messages and he hadn't been feeling good since like September, you know, but like my dad was so stubborn. He's like, I'm fine. I'm I'm totally fine. And then when we were talking right before he went to the hospital, he's like, yeah, I've been losing weight. And I'm like, that's not not a good sign. Good. And then, yeah, it was just almost instantaneous. Um, and that was like a month after the pandemic. So that was a fun time. Um, global pandemic lose your dad good luck good luck <laughs> good luck having a good time now uh, so yeah. what uh what kept the uh wheels on the cart there for lack of a better way to put uh, it my kid your like kid, yeah. i mean it was She's, perfect timing she grounded honestly if i did not have her when i did i don't know maybe i would have been okay maybe i wouldn't yeah but she reminds me of my parents in a lot of ways. Her mm. attitude, <laughs> uh, her mannerisms. She looks a lot like my mom. Like she's got my mom's middle name, you know. And so, like, without her, I don't think I'd be as in a good place as I am, I probably would have struggled a lot longer, a lot harder. Mm-hmm. But um, when you got somebody to take care of, yeah. it kind of helps. I mean, it helped me. I, everybody's different. Some people may not have been able to take care of her, but I'm like, I gotta be okay right now, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, so, did you have any time to really? grieve are you still kind of processing it or um well it was difficult because i 
I knew I was losing both of my parents, so I got to talk yeah, with it them. it wasn't sudden, like, massive heart attack. Right, and then they're just gone, and you can't, so... Um, you had to... You got to mentally prepare as much right. as you could. And with my mom, um, she was the biggest influence in my life. Nothing against my dad or anything, yeah, but my it. mom was a super strong personality, the way she read books to me, she put so much energy and emphasis into things, and that's probably why I'm a performer, stand-up. Yeah. Um, so with her, it was a little hard. Um, we, we didn't have a funeral for her right away. Um, we still haven't. So that that took a long time to kind of come to terms with. And then with my dad, he didn't have a funeral either because it was COVID. Nobody nobody could do anything. Um, So not having that closure. There's been a couple times it's been a little rough, not going to lie. But what, you know, what do you do? I... I actually got to talk to my parents and tell them what they mean to me and, you know. Have that last conversation. which helps. Um, But if I hadn't had that and no funeral and I didn't have my daughter, who knows, man, you know. It's tough. And everybody, like, I've lost a lot of people since 2008 like i don't have my grandparents left my parents uh like teachers bosses friends my cousin jeremy who was like my best friend he was an actor he pushed me into doing stand-up he's like i think you'd be really good at it yeah and i didn't wind up doing stand-up until after he never got to see it right um but Everybody affects you differently because you have different relationships with people, Mm. you know, and like your parents is one thing, like you think you lose people, but that's your identity and you don't realize how much of your identity is wrapped up into them until that's gone. And then you're kind of like, oh (laughs) yeah like i get so much stuff like you're you're somewhat aware of some of those things but it's just one of those things when that's gone you you it all hits you kind of at once yeah and then like my cousin was my best friend but i knew we were losing him but then so he was sick as well yeah, he had a brain tumor. He had it operated on three times, lost some motor function, lost some speech. And then he came back twice. And then the third time, the motor and the speech really didn't come back. And he stuttered a lot. And it was it was really hard. But then um, one of the ones that affected me the most was just a theater friend I had. Uh, I moved out to Philadelphia for a while, and then I moved back, and I always wanted to look him up because he was one of my good friends, and then one day he was just gone. He was like, I don't feel good. He went to lay down, had a heart attack, never woke up. But because it was so sudden, because he's my age, like, there was... 
yeah, there was like a month where I didn't know myself. I drank a lot. I was doing a lot of pills. I was doing a lot of drugs. And then I remember um, I had seen one of my friends and I'm like, hey, I haven't seen you in a while. How are you doing? And she's like, we hung out yesterday. And I was just like, oh. You're disassociating right, hard. Right, right. And so I just stopped everything and I'm like, I can't, I gotta find a different way to deal with this. Yeah. Uh, so a I'm really yeah. lucky that kind of woke me up. Um, yeah, but that's... yeah, you just never know. And it could be somebody you don't know as well that affects you more, or it could be your family that but it all it's always different because everybody's like a fingerprint and you just have different relationships and the timing of it and everything you just never know how to deal with it but what i tell people is tell the people you care about how you feel about them yeah almost every day because you just never know you don't want to have that regret regret you don't want to have that missed yeah. opportunity if you're fighting with somebody if you haven't talked with somebody who means a lot to you get over it talk to them try make the effort because if that person leaves this earth and you don't resolve that that's really hard to overcome get through and deal with well Speaking of that, you've told the story about uh, your your uh, your mom. I'm sorry, and your and her brother, right? And reconnecting that relationship. So, how did you go about doing that? I obviously, no, but just for the people right. listening. So, um, I moved sorry. out to Philadelphia in 2005. That's where my uh, mom's family is from. Um, okay. She was living here, but um, I wanted to go try acting and, you know, start my life somewhere else away from here. Um, and she had not been talking to her brother for like seven, eight, something. It was a long time. Long time. Um, he had gotten a divorce. She was trying to talk him through it. They got in a fight. He said something that really made her mad and she just stopped talking to him. So I was going out there, and I was pretty sure she wasn't going to come visit because um, I went and stayed with him initially. Um, she wasn't going to come visit, so that bothered me. And it yeah. was probably, you know, maybe a week or so before I was going to move. I couldn't sleep. I didn't know. I'm like, was it? something's wrong what's bothering me and then i'm like oh she may never come out and visit her family so i sat down and i wrote a like two-page story about giving them perspective like because he was getting a divorce he said something she got mad yeah like my parents got divorced when i was three I said some ugly things. She forgave me. Why can't she forgive her brother? We all make mistakes. We all yeah. say things we mad. don't mean. Yeah. And then, like, 
talking about how she sang songs in Russian to me, how she's a very open, deep thinking person and like how you just need to think about what if I never reconnect and like whether they could reconnect or not. I didn't want to live in a world where they didn't try. Yeah. So I wrote this story and I sent it to my uncle and then I left it on my mom's table. Like she was taking me to the airport. I had all my stuff walking out the door and I'm like, Oh, I forgot one last thing. And I took it out of my bag, put it on the table. So she wouldn't see it till I was already yeah. on the plane. So by the time I had landed, they had like been calling each other and they reconnected. And then, um, Probably a month or two after I got out there, she came out. Um, the whole family was there. And then her and her brother were like, let's go talk. They went outside. And I have a picture of the back of them the first time they were talking. Um, it's one of my favorite pictures. And then uh, when my mom was sick and I went to visit her with my daughter... Uh, we got to talking, and at one point she's like, I I have to thank you, because if you didn't write that story, um, I never would have forgave him, yeah. and it would have been too late. And the reason she was out in Pennsylvania at that time is because her brother had gotten sick, and she went out to take care of him, oh. and then he passed away. And then she was going to come back, but then her dad got sick, and then he passed away, and then I was going to have a kid, and she was going to come back, but then she got sick. Like it's, It was like every year we were losing somebody, but um, her saying, you know, I need to thank you for that story. You know, at the time, I just wanted them to talk. Yeah. And just try it. You know, years later, her saying that to me, like, the power of that story and what that did for her, I didn't, that's not what I set down to write. Because you're going to take care of your brother and you're going to forgive him and when it's your time, no, but... It was such a powerful thing hearing my mother say out loud because she never said thank you. You know, they talked. That was thanks enough, you know. But then her her saying that and, like, just being so grateful for it, like, I don't know. It, it means a lot. It's one of my favorite pictures. It's one of my favorite stories. It was two pages and... I just use that as an example, like, like with my dad, we, we didn't always have the greatest relationship mm -hmm. and we actually got in a fight the December before he passed away and he was mad at me and he wouldn't talk to me. So I, I called his wife and I'm like my stepmom and I'm like, y you make him talk to me cause you never know. Like, okay, we're mad at each other. That's stupid. Yeah. If he doesn't talk to me because of it we can work this out and then the next day he called me and thank god i did that because then if he didn't talk to me till april 
holy hell, man. You yeah. know? And, like, it's not easy to mend fences, build bridges, get over stuff. But, you know, it's... You just don't try. It's a lot easier than dealing with the regret of never trying. Yeah, You're exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man, because... Yeah, you were the you were the bridge that was you rebuilt the the bridge that was burnt. Right. And over some over just an argument. Yeah. Yeah, over it's, one stupid thing he said, who knows what he said, it didn't yeah, matter. Yeah, you don't even know. Right. But it doesn't right. matter, yeah. Um and like I believe in connecting with people and like I know, like, my comedy's weird because I'm very abrasive and angry. Yeah, and, yeah. But, like, there's this sentimental side of me. Like, I try to, like, tell people, like, no, I appreciate you. You know, you're... And people are flawed, you know? Like, we were at the show the other day. We saw somebody who was a little flawed. Yeah, we haven't seen him in a while. Right, but you know what? We all deserve a little humanity, and you know. I, yeah, I made sure to say something to him before I left. Like, and I felt bad. I feel bad. Like that's one of those things where it's like he never did anything to me, right? Exactly. And even if he had, if he's yeah. better now and he's, trying to, yeah, you told me he's working on it. Yeah, he's like, I, I've done some growing, and that's that's great. And like. There are some people who just hold grudges and I'll never forgive somebody like Dying I've, in the hill. Just, yeah, yeah. I've made mistakes. I you know, some people may never forgive me for it, but like I'm gonna try to be like, No, I made that mistake. I'm sorry. You know, can yeah, we just owning it, man. Yeah. Like so many people don't own their shit. Like Yep, in denial and wanna fight. I didn't do that. Well, you probably did and you'd be surprised at the power of, you know what, I did that. And I'm sorry, and what that can do, you know. Some people, that's that's all they want to hear is right. like, "Yeah, I screwed up." It's just that simple and that hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it sounds simple, but yeah, it's 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 gonna be it can be real awkward and just like yeah, intense. But once you break that barrier, because that's uh that's something I had to do. Uh, luckily, I didn't burn a whole lot of bridges when I was uh at the height of my uh my addiction and using and uh how long were you in that in that lostness so uh it's it depends on who you ask um <laughs> well I'm asking you yeah I know I know I know, I know. uh so it started to get really bad and like Probably 20, uh, I would say that would be 2013, okay. 2014. And was there like a trigger or a trauma or was it like you said earlier, you just wanted to relate to people on that level? I didn't want to, like I, I got out of college, I, you know, got a job and was trying to, you know get into a career and you know i spent all this time in college like i'm supposed to have a good job good career i didn't um and were you still working at jimmy john's i was not still working (laughs) at jimmy john's i actually my first job out of college uh did not help 
uh, and this was before things got really bad, but it's, I guess it kind of started there. So I moved out to Chicago after I graduated from Ambrose, like literally like a couple weeks after I graduated in December because I transferred there and some of my stuff didn't transfer. So I graduated a semester later than I normally would have uh, with my bachelor's in marketing. And I was like, my brother lived in Chicago. Uh, He texted me and I don't know if he texted me or if we're on the phone, but he told me, he's like, Hey, why don't you just, there's probably not a lot of good jobs in the quad cities. You need to get out of the quad cities, man. Just come to Chicago, sleep on my couch. Him and his wife just got a dog. Take care of the dog while we're working, while you're looking for a job and figure it out and figure it out. And, uh, I was like, yeah, that sounds a lot better than what I was doing. You're good. That sounds a lot better than my plan now, which was no plan, really. I was like, what do I do now? Like, I have to start applying for jobs. And so I went out there, and this is in January of 2013. And I was a a full-time dog watcher, dog sitter, and... uh, Lived on my brother's couch, my brother and sister-in-law's couch. They had just gotten married. They were like newly married, and I'm living on the living in their house, sleeping on their couch in their one-bedroom apartment uh, in Chicago, just intruding on their life. <laughs> and uh, so I'm very grateful for them letting me stay there. And I overstayed my welcome, yeah, uh, because I was just. I I was very picky about what my, you know I was like I have a degree I'm not I'm not selling for some right, stupid right, job right. like um and I ended up just taking a job that I actually thought was a better job than it really was it was a sales job I started out doing sales and it was a very shady operation uh, I would say uh, where they, it wasn't a, the company wasn't that shady per se, but the way they sold, they like sold me on the job. Right. Like I, I got hired like on the spot. That was like a huge red flag, uh, for this type of job. Uh, well, what I thought it was, it ended up being door to door sales. Oh, fun. For a, uh, roofing and siding and windows company. They didn't do siding our particular region or area. So those sales weren't going good. So you went door to door selling drugs and then <laughs> no. started doing yeah. it. Thank you for tuning into this episode. Thank you for tuning into this episode. If you are listening on Apple or Spotify, please leave a review. If you have not done so already, it really helps me out and share it with a friend. Share it on Facebook. Tag me. I don't care. Uh, I actually care a lot. It's awesome. I love seeing it. Love seeing people talking about the podcast, hearing them, I should say, or seeing it on social media. And uh, I appreciate everyone giving me feedback and telling me that I'm doing a good job and that I should continue to do this podcast. And I'm listening. I'm going to keep doing it. Let me know if you have any other feedback. I appreciate you tuning in. Back to the episode.
job for six months because it was starting to get cold and I wasn't going to knock on doors in the winter and they don't stop. Right. And Chicago, the lake effect is, it's even worse. Oh yeah. Yeah. And we weren't just doing the city. Obviously we're doing the burbs because that's where the old houses are and stuff and our, like the old houses and, uh, our, the main pitch was the windows. Uh, it was redoing people's windows. Um, the, and the roofs, obviously, big money there. I wasn't selling. I was an appointment setter. Uh, so I would just get them to get the uh, the free estimate. Yeah. Where yeah. the sales guy came in yep. and just start, yep. tried to sell them on everything. So, yeah, I had to get out of that job uh, because I wasn't going to knock on doors in the winter. So uh, one of my friends had gone and worked for restaurant.com which was in Arlington Heights I was living in the city I'd I had uh, moved out and of uh, my parents or my parents my brother's place and I was uh living in an apartment with three other people uh my room had no windows uh my apartment it was technically not a bedroom but they were running it out as a bedroom super right. sketchy right uh I was not in a good place mentally. Uh, definitely self-medicating a lot during that time, and I moved out and I moved to Schaumburg because it was near Arlington Heights. I found a guy that was running his condo. He was running out the basement of his condo, which was fully finished, had a bathroom. Um, we just had to share a kitchen. Uh, Really nice place, and but I knew no one, so I fell into a deep depression. Restaurant.com, I was in sales, I was cold call. That was when I was cold calling. I was cold calling restaurants every day to try to get them to participate in the restaurant.com program, which is like this gift certificate program. And uh, and it was hardcore, like, if you didn't meet your numbers in two months, you're gone. Really, it was boiler so- room. It wasn't a traumatic event. It was a slow, slow tumbling. Burning. It was a of... slow burning. No, it wasn't one thing. Right, no. right. No, it was a slow burning thing. And then I finally, I worked there for six months, so my resume is already looking great. <laughs> and uh, I was like, it was just getting to me so much. They were putting me on. They were putting me on Xanax at the time, and I was just like numbing myself as much as I could. I actually quit taking some of my other medications. Um, I wasn't drinking hardly at all. I wasn't, um, at that time, I was just smoking weed. And I stopped doing that. And uh, just fell into a deep depression. And I was like, I need to move home. I need to get out of here. This place sucks. This job sucks. I don't have any friends. I mean, there's a few friends I do have. I don't even want to hang out with them because I'm so depressed. I was like, I need to move home. So I moved home. Lived in my parents' basement uh, and ended up getting a temp job, temp to hire job in customer service. And I went on a vacation and I, uh, with a couple of my friends uh, for one of their birthdays, and uh, we went to Vegas and things got out of hand. Aha. Uh-huh. And that's when the. Uh, floodgates open. Okay. We'll say. 
I won't say exactly what happened because it was in Vegas. That's fine. And, and uh, it stays there. It stays there. I've never been to Vegas. Yeah, I don't really have the desire but to But when go. I go back, I'm going to ask about you. Yeah, there's a guy. I, uh, <laughs> uh, when the guy who is uh, helping you find parties and things to do and uh, finding you things, I will be very cryptic about this, tells you that you should prob talks you out of doing something stupid. You, you know, you know, maybe you're in a yeah. bad spot. Luckily, that clicked with you then. <laughs> yeah, right? I was like, right. "Oh man!" But I didn't. That was just. But the, that was just one thing where I stopped. I didn't do sure. something stupid. Okay. Um. So yeah, that started the. Uh, I think that really opened the floodgates, and right. it had it was slow burning before that though. But yeah, and then it was from there until. 2017, I that was I got I got an OWI in 2016, and um, slowed down a little bit. So uh, like four, three, four years there, you were. It was real bad. Yeah, yeah, it was real bad. I, Did you do like rehab? I went to one. Uh, actually, I went to rehab in when I was still at Ambrose. Okay. Um, forced. Uh, rehab, uh, <laughs> it was suggested by a family member that I go with, and, um, I went and completed the program, uh, stayed, stayed clean, sober. I didn't do anything for a while and, uh, flew under the radar just to make that person happy. Mm-hmm. And then I was right back to it. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because relapse is part of it. You know, I, I say all the right things. It, well, I didn't want to. I didn't want to do it. Right. That was the thing. That's the biggest thing with recovery. Yeah. Like, if you don't want to do it, then you don't yep. want to do it. You can't. People can. You help. can't fake that. Yeah, people can help influence your decision. Sure. And be good motivators, but if you're not doing it for you, you're not gonna. It's not gonna work. Right. I've seen it a million well, times. I, I wouldn't say if you're not doing it for you. If you don't have a specific reason why, sometimes it could be another person. It can be. Yeah. But yeah. like if you don't have that reason to be like, hey, it could be for you, somebody else, but you need that like, oh, I don't want to mess this up. I need to fix this. Yeah, that's very helpful. But like also you got to remember like you can't – we talk a lot about in recovery about reservations. like. Mm-hmm. Say, oh, I'm staying clean because of, you know, because of my, like, say I had a kid. I don't have a kid, but say if sure. I had a kid, I'm staying clean just for the kid. Um, what if something happens to the kid? Yep. Am I still going to stay clean? Right. That's a crazy question to ask, but yeah. you have to think about that kind no, of thing. No, you do. Yeah. Or my thing is, like, what happens if, you know, my uh, my parents aren't going to live forever? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what happens if something, you know, when they pass away, am I going to be like, well, because they're a big motivator for me. Have you asked them to live forever? Oh, I have not. If I, you have parents, ask them to live forever, yeah. please. I lost mine. Take it from me. Yeah. It's not fun. I don't think they want to. <laughs> <laughs> My dad probably would be like, ah, I don't know. I haven't asked them, though. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's the... Yeah, it was... My 20s were just like a disaster for the most part. Gotcha. A lot of uh, 
I didn't like I said I didn't burn a lot of bridges. A lot of people stayed away from me, right? Uh, for sure, uh, or kept so their that's distance. probably a little fortuitous that they stayed away, and so those I didn't bridges... notice that till later, right? right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so the, I've mended some relationships, or I wouldn't say mended them, but brought them back and like right. developed them again because there wasn't anything where like you know I completely like torched it, you know, or anything like that. So. Quick time. Had to take a quick pause here for a restroom break. Uh, this episode was actually a lot longer. Had to edit some stuff out. We went on some tangents. Uh, went on not tangents, but had to cut this episode a little bit shorter because it was pretty lengthy. We talked about comedy a lot, and I didn't want this episode to be mainly about comedy. That happens with every comedian I come, that comes on here. I didn't want to just talk about comedy, so I edited some things here. Also, this was a break we had to take because we recorded for quite some time. So, back to the episode with Dana. We're back. So, you are working on mending some of those relationships, people who kind of distance themselves for you. How do you go about mending something? Uh... So, there was a couple processes. Like, one was, like, the people that I really, like, actually hurt and, you know, caused problems with. Not just the people who are distancing themselves from me, but, you know, doing a an amends. Many, it started out, I mean, I did a lot of... Uh, what I've tried to do is like remember the people that were always there and that I always talked to and I always had a good relationship. Those people that you can like just run into and be like, oh, we're um, – you just pick up – you just pick up where you left off. Right. Like those type of people. And I thought about those people and I try to do a better job at reaching out to those people and seeing how they're doing and just – you know, that's how I'm rekindling it and, uh, you know, asking them to hang out or have dinner or coffee or whatever. And do you find that they're pretty open to yeah, mending yeah, there's it nobody most of the time? The, there's, there's a couple relationships that I didn't even have to have the conversation. Like, I know they're not on board with right, right. being... And I don't think that's all on me either. Sure. Uh, and I know that with a couple of the relationships. There's a... Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. A couple of my friendships. Some people just you just outgrow each other, you know? Yep. And or move away. And... Um, yeah. So I, I made the amends to the people that I thought I had harmed and I've also tried to make a better effort to touch base with those people that I have been friends with for a long time and um, you know being a part of their lives and then being a part of them my life if they want to be uh, and some people you know it's hard you know everybody's got a lot going on. 
Uh, a lot of my friends have, you know, have kids, they have careers, they have mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff going on, so they don't have... They have their own podcasts. Yeah, they have their own podcasts. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, everyone wants to start a podcast now. Um, so... Do you use stand-up as a way to, like, heal any trauma, to work through issues, or do you use it strictly... As an art form? Right. Both, I would say. Okay. Uh, I really love the art form, so... And it's just a challenge for me, because it's something that I know I will never perfect. So, yeah, it seems super easy, and then you start doing it, and you're like, holy oh, shit, be this doing is... That right. the, doing that right. I didn't think about any of this. I thought I'd just talk, and it'd work. Big thing for me <laughs> is it's like it's really helped me out a lot with fear and just right. like being uncomfortable and working through that. Yeah. That's, that's the therapeutic part for me. Yeah, that that's interesting. I never... Yeah, because you're in a constant state of, oh, my God, is this going to work? Oh, my God. Yeah. Am I going to remember this? Everybody's paying attention to you. Oh, my God, am I up for this? Did I forget anything? Yeah, it's just a constant state of anxiety. But the benefits are, like, so amazing. You're like, I'm going to just invite all this anxiety on me on a daily basis almost yeah and like (laughs) the longer you're up there unless you're completely bombing which has happened to me uh it's happened to all of us yeah it's happened to everybody but the longer you're up there the more this the anxiety subsides right and one thing about bombing like i tell people all the time especially when they're new like you see like your mount rushmore Chappelle, hedberg all that yeah you don't see them bomb because they've been working on that for at least a year maybe two three four years they bombed with all of that stuff yeah but they don't put the bombing on tv oh of course so, like, people are like, oh, look at those people, and no, like, yeah. and then you start listening to podcasts, and they talk about bombing <laughs> yeah. stories, yeah. and it's like, no, if you're doing comedy, you're gonna bomb. Yeah. It's, I think, more how you deal with bombing makes you more of a comedian than your actual material can sometimes. Yeah. And how you deal with bombing is in comparison to how you do with killing. Right, right. Like, with me, it's all, I almost had the same reaction. <laughs> like, did that just happen? Right, <laughs> right. It's like the same reaction. I remember when I first started, at a certain point, I didn't mind bombing. Because when I bombed, I knew I'd work on it, and the next time I wouldn't. Because I'd put the work in and know what I needed to do. So I almost kind of liked bombing, you know? It was a way for you to learn. Right. And I knew. I'm just like, "Ah, it's all right. I didn't take it too super hard. Sure, it sucked while it's my time on the mic. But then when that was over, I was like, oh, okay, I can fix this. I didn't, you know. um, So I kind of... I don't know. I've never 
minded bombing all that much. That's good. That's a good mentality to have because some people I've seen it just whew. right. Well, it's tough. It is tough. Everybody's different. So like, there's some people they just if you don't get that good feedback, that serotonin, like, like I don't know, and then or if they don't completely kill, they think they bomb. Right. Right. There's a, there's a gray area. There's an in-between there. And I explain it like I love doing stand-up so much. I don't care if I succeed or fail. I'm going to do it again anyway. I'm going to keep bombing or keep doing well yeah. no matter what because I just love it so much. And like some people are like, oh, I like the green room aspect and hanging out with people is the best part of it for me. I love talking to comedians and goofing around. But like to me, the the performing and watching people's like new sets and how they, you know, I love the stand up part more than the hang. I don't mind the hang. Yeah, Yeah. But um. I I am such a nerd about comedy and like what it means, how you approach it. it well, because you're a theater person at heart, so you see it from that lens, right? Right. And I've been doing theater since I was like 12, and I'm 44, so that's a long fucking it's a time. Couple years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like stand up is a different kind of performing because mm-hmm. the first couple times I tried stand up, I was like, uh, that's you not. Sure. Well, I didn't, I didn't have anything to say. I'm a funny person, but like I was trying stuff out and it never really. And then like my origin story is I posted a picture of Roseanne dressed as Hitler. Oh yeah, I remember this. And then I got reported to Facebook yeah. and then I was yelling at my friends cuz I was upset about it and they're all laughing and I'm like, "Wait a minute." And then once I had something to say and was angry about it, I started figuring it out. You know, like, that's how I'm the funniest is when I get mad at things. So now, like, I get mad at, like, Keanu Reeves. I don't really hate him. Uh-huh. I mean, I hate him a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But, like, just finding things to get worked up yeah. about. And people are like, oh, my God, I love when you're mad. Like, uh, yeah. it's it's weird, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, like, my name that... I, I didn't start with my name, which I should have, Dana, Jordan, Moss, Hype, and Peterson, and all the problems and chaos that has caused. But once I learned I'm sort of like a rant comic, I can just get angry about anything now. And yeah. it's beautiful. And just turn it into material. <laughs> and then when I'm off stage, I'm like, oh, I'm not so angry. Yeah. I let it all out. Yeah. 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 I remember the the first time I saw you do comedy, the one of the funniest things that I heard that was just relatable and that I'd never heard somebody say on stage before. was like, uh, I do comedy because it's cheaper than therapy. Yep. <laughs> Which is pretty true. Uh, and I was like, oh my God, this guy. And um, then, yeah, then I got a chance to know you 
off stage. I'm like, oh, he's not even that angry, really. Right, right. It's <laughs> people like who don't people know me. People expect you to be like this pissed off. They're like, I don't want to like man. talk to this dude. But then, like, if you take the time to get to know me, you're like, oh, he's you know, yeah, easy to talk to. It's actually, somewhat intelligent. Yeah, it's it's not necessarily a bit. It's a persona. It's persona. Yeah, yeah, it is part of me. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's yeah. not the biggest part of me. Yeah. You know? Exactly. That's not who you really are right. all the time. Right. Right. Yeah. I do it to be funny. I don't do it to be mean. You know? Yeah. I want to bring up, uh, you said something about PTSD earlier, and we didn't really touch on uh, the origin behind that. So sure. You said you would say you haven't been officially diagnosed, but you'd say you probably have PTSD. I, I probably do. So, um, which a lot of people, yeah, have been, when I was in Philadelphia from 2005 to 2010, um, I, April of 2010, I came back for my birthday came back to the Quad Cities, which is where I'm from, uh, and I was hanging out with friends. I was back for, like, two weeks. Uh, and then, um, oh, okay, let me go back. So I went to Philadelphia to uh, kind of go to school and do theater, and then I was going to stay with my aunt, and while I was in the air... She called my other aunt, and she's like, he can't stay here and go to school and do theater. And then by the time I landed, I was going to live somewhere else, and they're like, you have to get a job. So I worked 3 p.m. to 11 p.m. the entire time I was in Philadelphia. Didn't have an outlet artistically. Never really got to do what I wanted to do. So 2010, um, I come back for my birthday, hanging out with friends, and I went back to Philadelphia, and I remember thinking, I love my friends, but I'm glad I don't have to live there. Okay, so while I was here also, my brother was like, hey, I'm about to have a kid. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, crap you know my 10 year old he's 10 years younger than me i'm like that's amazing so we had made plans to go out to dinner my last day here mm -hmm. so i had been here for two weeks hanging out with my mom the whole time on the last day i was here she's like hey i haven't told you this but i have parkinson's and i'm gonna have surgery and i got this three-hour video that we're gonna sit here and watch whoa and i'm like i my brother is having a kid. I'm making, we're going out to dinner. Like, why don't you come out to dinner with us? It's my half brother, my yeah. dad. So not my mom's I figured, yeah. kid, but my dad's kid. Um, and she's like, no. And she got all hurt. Her feelings are hurt. 
that I'm not watching this three. Like, I've been there for two weeks. If you would have told me two weeks ago, we could have sat here and watched it the whole two. You waited to the last second. And it's not like I'm just going to go party at the club. It's my brother who's about to be a dad that I'm going to have dinner with. And I would like you to come also so you know that I love you and I love him and we can... Right. So, oh my God. Right. And I go back to Philadelphia and I'm like, thank God I don't have to live. Did you ever go to the dinner? With my brother. Yes. Yes, I did. She got mad you went to the dinner. Yeah. 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 So I'm like, thank God I don't have to live there. So I was dating a girl at the time. Mm -hmm. And while I was here, she had messed up her knee. She was in like an air cast on crutches and stuff. And I lived in an apartment complex, and the guy across from us, when I came back, he was like, oh, hey, your uncle was here, and he was helping her get groceries in and everything. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. And then, uh, so I went to my uncle a couple days later. I'm like, thank you for helping with groceries with her messed up leg. And he's like, what are you talking about? Oh. And I'm like, my neighbor said... You were helping with the, and he's like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know her leg was messed up. I already know where this is going. So I go go. to my neighbor and I'm like, hey, what, uh, what did my uncle look like? And he's like, oh, blonde hair, glasses. And I'm like, oh, that wasn't my uncle. (sighs) Right. So I had been with her almost the entire five years I was there artistically i had nowhere to go uh i was gonna do something on the plane that changed like the whole five years just felt like a waste of time a lie to me um my mom's gonna have surgery i'm like i'm gonna just move back i'm Mm -hmm. done with this whole place uh and then when i came back like if anything was messed up like i go to work had my desk if they moved anything i would freak out like if things aren't if somebody says a thing and then it's not the way and they they like change it i do not do well with it mm. okay <laughs> i have meltdowns and anxiety like no you said it was this thing and it's because of that whole five years, people telling me one thing, and then not. Oh, yeah. Trust. So, a lot of trust issues. Right. It's something I try to work on, but I don't, I don't know how to get through that. So did you ever confront that? I assume you confronted that, that woman you were dating? Uh, or did you, were you just like, can't do that? Bye. Sort of, yeah. So, like, she was doing, she was a stage manager of a show. And then when I came back, she was like, yeah, we're all going to hang out afterwards. And I'm like, okay. You know, and then she called me and she's like, hey, are you going to bed? Like, I work 3 to 11 at night. I didn't go to bed past 4 a.m. ever. And it's like 10.30. I'm like, I'm not going to bed. Like, you just hang out. I knew those 
theater people, just hang out with them. And so it was Friday. Why is Friday important? Because Friday, she always wore jeans and a shirt. She hated dressing up, hated it, hated it, hated it, never dressed up. She's like, I just want to be comfortable. Never dressed up. It's Friday. She comes home in like a boob shirt and walks in and I'm like, that shirt's not for me. And she's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, well, you didn't come home in that shirt. You stayed out in that shirt. You called me to see if I'd be asleep. You know I'm not going to be asleep. You're not being honest. So for like three hours, denial, 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 finally, okay, you're right. Right. I know I'm right. And then like... And this is after the whole uncle thing. Right, right. So it's, I'm like, there's a point of no return. Like, you're lying to my face. You don't want to be in this relationship. Well, I, I do. I do. Clearly, you don't. Yeah. Like, it, so it's a lot dealing with somebody says one thing and then immediately does the opposite of what we just talked about. I have a very hard time with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, which is fair, but it sounds like you go overboard. Right, right. It's, yeah. it's... Yeah, because you're... I don't know. It's caused a lot of uh, uncomfortableness in yeah. my life, and I don't know how to exactly deal with that. And I, I have tried therapy, but uh, we were talking before this. I've had people fall asleep, like you need Jesus. People just, hey, so how, how are you? What do you think about that? How do? What do you? What does you're it mean? Not, how does that make you feel? Right, like I just want somebody. No bullshit. Just fucking tell me what's going on. Cut just and dry. Be yeah, honest it's hard with to find. Me. Yeah. Don't dance around it. Just if you're one hundred percent honest with me, I can work with it and I can deal with it and figure some stuff out. Yeah, you don't want that textbook therapist. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's I'm pretty sure I have some PTSD mixed with all of that five Trauma, years. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad I moved back because ever since I moved back in 2010, I've done countless shows. I got into comedy. You got to do what my you artistic to do. outlet is there for the most part. Um, and I've met a whole bunch of people I want to know. Otherwise, yeah. Philadelphia, I had one friend who I knew from Bettendorf. Oh. Besides my family. I tried to make friends. It just, if you're not from Philadelphia, like, Tough it shit. just, yeah, yeah. Sitter, city of brotherly love, my ass. <laughs> ben Franklin ruined my life. <laughs> city of brotherly love, my ass. Right. Yeah, if you're from here. Yeah. But if you're not, and I actually wrote a song uh, about Philadelphia, and the hook was, "You're not from here. You're not from here. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. You're not from here. You're not from here." Yeah, that's the thing. Oh man, where do we go from there? Okay, uh, so another thing you brought up before we started talking was, which I haven't really got a chance to talk about this with anybody yet which is personality types and i've kind of done the whole uh personality type thing but i don't really remember what mine is i kind of did it like i was telling you um 
which was a cool concept for a dating app. There was a dating app where you would do like the personality test and it would tell you what type of personality you were and then try to match you with a type that was, you know, work that would work with you. And it was a cool concept, but it, you know, like some of the dating apps, unfortunately, um, there was a lot of bots and spam and it was just like siphoning through who was real and who was not. I was like, I just deleted it cause it was just a waste of my time. But, um, I remember doing it, and yeah, and I had like the letters, um, but I didn't really remember what that meant. And uh, so you know your personality type, and you've kind of uh, researched probably way more than I have. So. Right. So I am an INFJ. It stands for like intuitive something something judgment. Um, but INFJ is the one of the rarest personalities. Um, NFJ personality. I'm going to, I'm going to look it up. Yeah. So INFJs, all they care about is being genuine Intuitive, and honest. feeling and judging personality. Yep. If you're Introverted. not genuine, if you're not telling me the truth, yeah. I, what, That's I got no time. Don't placate me. Don't bullshit me. Like, even if it's the worst thing ever, if it's the truth. I'm like, oh, okay, because mm-hmm. I know what's going on. But if you're trying to trick someone, like, I don't deal well with it. Um, and I'm very intuitive. I can sense when people aren't being honest sometimes before they understand it, before they know. Yeah. And, like, I've had conversations with people like, hey, you're you don't want to do this and they're like no i do i do i do i do i do then like weeks months sometimes years later they're like you know what you were right and like it's it's hard because it's hard it sucks being right sometimes yeah well because they don't trust it because they haven't realized it themselves sometimes and sometimes i am wrong so it's like i gotta be like am i crazy Am I looking too much into this? Is it what it... So, like, I just say, hey, I don't think you're being very honest about this. And then whatever happens, happens. And sometimes I'm right and sometimes I'm not. And figure it out from there. But it can cause people to get very angry at you. uh, Because they're like, you know, you... How do you know how I feel? You know, and it's like, I just, your tone, your body language, like I've known relationships are over before they did. And I'm like, you don't want to do this. And they're like, what are you talking about? Like with, uh, I was dating a woman uh, when I lost my dad and she had some autoimmune stuff and COVID hit. And like, she was taking care of her grandmother and her parents are in Florida. And as soon as COVID hit, I'm like, you're going to move with your parents. And like, because you're not, you're not going to want to go out. You don't want to yeah. really date me. You do, it's a lot. I understand. Of course you'd go with your parents. That's what I would do. So from March, no, 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 no. My dad dies. And she doesn't talk to me for like a week. And then she's like, hey, I'm going to Florida to live with my parents. It's like, you you fought me and were mad at me for weeks saying no, 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 no. 
and that's like i just knew you know like so that happens a lot it's it's tricky to (laughs) deal with yeah yeah because you have that awareness right and like people want to deal with it on their own time i guess um and like if i can see it instantly it's it's hard to know like am i yeah. being too much am i looking too much into this am i being right and they don't want to see it am i being right and they're just trying not to hurt my feelings mm. it it but then like i'll be out and about by myself and like people just gravitate to me and like oh i'm dealing with this i'm like people love to unload their problems on my personality type because it says judgment but i don't really judge people i'm judging your intent your genuineness yeah but if you tell me I, can relate, I robbed a I bank can to that, yeah. and I murdered a horse, I'd be like, whoa, what put you there? What put you in that frame of mind? Are you still robbing banks and murdering horses? Yeah. If you're not, I can like talk to you and like, oh my God, I want to understand. I don't want to judge you for it because, you know, we all make mistakes and like, who knows? You know what I mean? Yeah. You may have been like, well, I had, like, John Wick. Somebody killed my dog. So I started robbing banks. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. There's there's yeah. a root to everything. I want to know why. Yeah. Why did you go off the rails? Why did you start doing drugs? What's the root of that? Yeah. So I'm not judging, like, oh, my God, you did what? No, I'm judging, like... Are you telling the whole truth or are you not? Yeah. Yeah, I can relate to the people gravitating towards you. And I think it happens to me more now because of people know I do this podcast. So they gravitate towards me for that reason. They're like, you're the mental health guy. I'm going to tell you some stuff. I'm like, which is cool. I mean, uh, so it happens more than it used to. But it, it happened anyway. It was just like, yeah, it could be like a random stranger. Uh, it could be somebody I know really well. I'd be like, hey, I'm going through this stuff. I'm, and they'll just, yeah, they'll just unload, dump everything. Yeah. And you're just like, sometimes you're All right. like, oh, interesting. And, and sometimes you're like, like, I'm trying to deal with a lot of my own yeah, shit right now. Like- <laughs> I can't really process your stuff as well. And that's tough. It is. Yeah. Cause it's you tricky. Don't, you don't want to be like, hey, now's not the time. Right. You can't help everybody, but yeah, you also don't want to be oh, go fuck yourself. Leave me alone. But <laughs> like, sometimes dude, you got to kind of be. Dude, my day is shit. <laughs> I cannot talk about this right now. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah, I need to do. I need to go back and do my personality type because I, I did it a while ago, and yeah. I don't remember what it was. But I'm sure I could. I'm sure. Sure, I, we share a couple of those things, right? Maybe a couple of those letters, because uh, I can definitely relate to that. Yeah, just people just always being comfortable talking to me. And they're just like, "Oh, this seems like a guy you can just talk to." Yesterday, I had an experience where uh, it was. Which I might even turn into a bit. It was just—it was just a funny thing. Like life 
have you noticed ever since you started being ever since you started doing stand up you could turn like almost anything into a joke yeah like it's, it's just... like a sickness like i can't yeah. not make the joke first yeah a lot of times even in serious situations right um but especially yeah. serious situations. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so i was at hy-vee yesterday and i was just like, grabbing <laughs> some things getting some groceries and uh i was going to get milk and there was this lady who was like she was looking for two percent milk and she wasn't seeing it and i wasn't seeing it either and we saw like some empty rows and like so a guy came up or she was uh, a worker and she's like oh can you grab me a two percent milk and i was like um and for some reason i was like i forgot what kind of milk i drank i don't know why <laughs> i was like i drank one percent and it's right there uh but and i was like oh i need two percent too for some reason and we ended up, right after she asked the guy we noticed that it was right there but the color the label was different color than we thought it was for some reason um and it was right there the whole time so she was like oh, I need to find the guy. And um, she thought he went in the back, in like the back cooler. So she walked in the back. Through the milk stuff? Yeah. She walked back there. (laughs) She's like, I'm not scared. I don't care. And she said that right before she walked back there. Right, right. And I was just like, standing there like, is this really happening right now? Like, she just, just like... That's clearly like you don't work here. Like, you can't walk. Just walk back there. She's like, I don't give a shit. Yeah. What are they gonna do? Right. I can relate to her. Like, okay. <laughs> I have a question. It, yeah. Part of me is like, yeah, I guess she's right. right. I mean, what are they right. gonna do? There's these out? invisible barriers. Yeah. <laughs> like the thing you put on your, you know, to divide your order from somebody else's at the grocery store. That people respect that barrier more than they respect a lot of things. And it's invisible. It's not real. Uh, it's not real. I put my stuff right on the other side. <laughs> um, have you seen those videos of people walking up at like a, a self checkout and just scanning something and walking by? Oh yeah. And be like, thank you. Yep. Yep. <laughs> those prank videos where you know somebody's gonna get their ass kicked. I want to know why you drink one percent milk. Like I thought I liked you. Like, I thought we could <laughs> what, relate. What are you but... a whole milk guy? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I don't know so what. Just drink water. Just pour water on whatever you're doing because it's one percent milk. What does that one percent do? It's ninety nine percent water. I have no idea. Right. Right. You need to. I. That's your next therapy session. <laughs> yeah. Unpack why you're a one percent milk person. Is it because you want to be the one? I want to be a part of the one percent. You want to be Elon. You want to work Elon at SpaceX. So <laughs> Dang it! I caught you. you got me. I? I think it was just a family thing. Like they always thought one percent. Right. I just right. did it. Too. Have you tried whole milk? It's pretty goddamn it, delicious. It, it, it's pretty <laughs> you're right. You're right. <laughs> Great, it's way better on cereal. I'm so fat because of the milk. Is it the milk you drank, or, <laughs> or is it you like, not doing anything? Right. How much milk are you? To, is it? Yeah, I don't consume it, a lot of milk really in general. I, I do use it for cereal. That's oh. it, basically. I eat well, a lot of cereal. I'm a big when cereal I had guy. the kid, they're like, you know, when she's little, she needs all the fat and the milk, and like, I'm yeah, it's delicious. <laughs> and I still do it. I was surprised by I didn't. I mean, I don't buy it because I'm not lactose intolerant, but almond milk's not terrible. Yeah, I've never tried almond milk. 
it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Gotcha. Um, on cereal, specifically. What kind of cereal do you eat? I'm all over the place. The worst kinds. Yeah, the worst. That are wor- worst, bad so for me. So Lucky Charms. Oh, I'll, I'll smash Lucky right. Charms. Frost Count Chocula. Flakes. Count Chocula. Every time you buy Count Chocula, I get a nickel. <laughs> you get a nickel. <laughs> That makes sense. Shout out to Todd for making that roast of me. That was that good. I look like a Count Chocula motherfucker. Thank you for that. <laughs> I'll never live that down. Oh God! Yeah, you always <laughs> probably heard Marv from Home Alone a few times. No, I you, I hadn't. You, you but that, that was fucking hilarious. That was a good but one. you kind of look like him a little bit too. Yeah, I'm wearing the fingerless yeah, you got gloves the fingerless though. Gloves, yeah, though, yeah. You, and I'm yeah. No, I got it. I yeah. got it right away. That was good. Um, that was good. That roast was. I wasn't sure what to expect. Right with that roast, but it was. It was. It was two hours long. It was long, but it was. Everybody do three minutes. Yeah, fucking right. <laughs> yeah, fucking right. It was two th- hours later. We started late as shit. Yeah, that yeah. didn't help. But it was funny. That was a. That was the first roast I'd ever been a part of, and it was a great time. I love roasting people. Yeah, that's my favorite thing. It literally, like that's my love language. <laughs> you know, you see me Talking and Austin, shit. yeah, just trashing each other oh. constantly. Me and Austin are on that level now too. Not as quite as bad as you guys, right. but because uh, you guys just <laughs> go for the throat. This was a part of the episode where Dana went off on Austin. He likes to rip on my friend Austin Ingles, our friend Austin Ingles. It's all in good fun, but. We're going to send that to him privately so he can hear it, or I'm going to send it to Dana so he can have Austin listen to it with him, because it's pretty funny. But it's not really for everyone else. Anyway, let's wrap this up. Wrap us up. What do you want to... Anything you want to say to anyone listening right now? It's kind of a weird time of year uh, for a lot of people. The holidays just passed. Um, if you drink one percent milk, <laughs> bring it up with your therapist. Find the reason I why. If you are a Keanu Reeves fan, get some help. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no reason John Wick Four should be made, but it's being made. <laughs> it's three movies of him running around not saying anything, and it was, he's amazing. Uh, if you have any issues, get some fucking help, mend some fucking fences, build some bridges, have real relationships, get over yourself, connect with people, have fun, be safe. All right. (laughs) That'll work.